Hey friends, you're listening to the Axiom Church Podcast. We're a church community centered around experiencing Jesus, being together, and loving our city, which is Peoria, Arizona. But we hope that you'll uh, check it out and that you'll engage us online. You can do that on our website or on any of our social medias, um, Axiom Church AZ. So enjoy this episode. All right, may the peace of Christ be with you. Thank you. Welcome again as we continue our dialogue together on this idea of being honest before God. And if I could just say there really quickly that it's our hope that this conversation wouldn't just be me preaching at you, but that you guys would enter into spaces together, whether it's your community group or it's lunch today or it's during communion. And you would carry this and work it out together, examine it. Maybe, maybe what I have to say, you know, isn't legit. So we need the body to be accountable, right? So, so let's, so I want to say that to begin with. So this conversation of being honest to God is pretty straightforward. It's our desire to live in the light that Christ invites us into. That as Jesus came into the world and we looked at that on Christmas, we acknowledge that now we have a responsibility to steward the light and to live into it and to question those parts of our world that remain in the shadows. It's not that we can't go into those spaces, but it's that as we do, we are participating in making things new together, not living in half-truths, not living in the, simply in the tension of it, but now stepping directly into the light of what God's invited us into. And so this morning, that's going to be the invitation, is to step into that space. And just as it's been, there's a discomfort there, because there's a nakedness in this space. But let me warn you, there's an abundant grace in the room, because Christ is in us. We can receive one another well because of that. So this first week of the series, we looked at uh, who we are. What is our image of God and what we are? And the second week, we looked at how we live and, and, and that we are to live honestly before God and others and, and, and why that matters. The third week, last week, we discussed what we do. We, what we do as followers of Jesus, we follow Jesus. We are apprentices, disciples. And we had to uh, unpack, what does that mean? Because if we're being honest, many of us are, you know, towing the Christian party line, but we're not necessarily being disciples of Jesus, embodying the kingdom of Jesus. We want to live that out. We want to live in the authenticity of the kingdom, and we're urged to live in it. And so today, I don't want to talk about who we are, or how we live, or what we do, but I want to speak to this space of where we are, the church, that God has placed us in these spaces together. And just a disclaimer, because somebody's going to ask me, well, the church isn't a building. Correct. Correct. But it is the coming together of God's people, and that's what I mean when I'm talking about uh, the, the church today. We read about the church brilliantly in the beginning of Acts as it emerges on the scene. And this is what we read in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. Talk to any church planner. This is his favorite verse because he thinks it's going to look just like this. Okay? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. 
Everybody was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers, they were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Just like it is here, all the time. But we laugh, right? Because we recognize that the, the narrative in the early church, at the, the narrative of the beginning is different than the narrative now. The headlines that I read, the things that I see, talks about not the Lord adding to their number day by day, but I, I hear about people leaving, losing their faith, walking away. And if we're being honest, which is what I'm inviting us to be, the word on the street sounds less like the beginning and more like the end. I hope I don't have to read another Barnapole. I'm just going to be real with you. It feels even hopeless at moments or desperate. But again, we're pressing into the space of being honest to God. So here's the truth. There are good reasons people are leaving the church. There's also some bad ones. And we need to be honest about them. Can you guys think of any reasons why people are, are, are leaving the space? Can you, can, does anything come to mind? I'll wait. Scandal. Never heard of such a thing in the church. What else? False teachings. False teachings. Not here, but yes. Totally. <laughs> what else? Corruption. Corruption. Yeah, corrupt leadership. Scandal. False teachings. Abuse. Abuse. We also leave for like relational reasons. There's conflict. We don't know how to work it out. We, we've got our horizontal, or our vertical, but not our horizontal relationships sorted out. Gossip. Gossip is a killer. Toxic masculinity. We're too political when we shouldn't be, and we're not political enough when we should be. Hypocrites. Abuse of authority. We could keep going. The list goes on. The list goes on. And we've heard this. We know this. We know this. So I just want to say as a reminder for everybody, and I'm not going to talk about all the churches out there. I'm talking about our church right here. Our church is full of sinful people. people Jesus loves. Let's not pretend about that. Our church is full of sinful people. The people Jesus loves. Our church is full of sinful people 
And that is who the church is for. Our church is full of sinful people and we're not going to pretend about it anymore. But our church is centered on the perfect person. So we have the opportunity to, to go and sin no more. That's real. That's real. And our temptation is always to say, oh, that's not us, that's them. But they are you, just so you know. And you are them. Because we are the church. The body. And sin's real. It's, it is. It's in us. Paul puts it in 1 Corinthians 15, 22. And this is good news. He says, For as in Adam all die. It's just in, in, in mankind we, we have this in common. So in Christ, though, all will be made alive. And that, that's the difference. Is that we recognize together that there is a work that is happening in Christ against a work that has already happened in Adam. And we come up against it all the time. And if we pretend it's not there, we, 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 we confuse ourselves. We don't allow God to do the transformative work that Christ has come to do. Here's the thing. The difference between the church at its best and at its worst is not that the church is full of sinful people or full of people who are not in sin. The difference is, at its best, is we know we are in sin and we don't pretend that we aren't. I think that's where the church is at its best because it's in that space that we can begin to experience the transformation that we so desperately need. We need that. At our worst, though, we are tempted to think, just being honest, we're tempted to think it's not us, it's them. We're tempted to think we might be better than everyone else. That's false. That's pretending. That's looking the other way. That's doing this. I think the truth is that the church that is pretending is no greater than the church that is disappearing. So if you're staying, but you're doing this, and you're pretending you're not part of the challenge... That's no better or worse than those that are just leaving or exiting. Because the truth is, both are simply filtering out that which they don't want to see. One is saying, I don't want to see it here. And the other is saying, I, I don't want to look at this anymore. I'm over here. I'm out. Neither are owning it. Neither are honest to God. I get it. Ever since the garden, we've been invested 
in this, haven't we? In the hiding and the covering up, and the escaping and the getting away. It's both. How many of you like to use filters on your iPhones? Or Android, sorry. Forget that's a thing. How many of us think that, like realistically think that what others see is exactly what's real and true about us all the time? This is why we need community. And as Stacy reminded me this week, in community, your faith may be personal, but it is not private. And she put it in her words, how haunting. We have to wrestle with that idea that certainly part of our faith is personal, but it's not private. Because we need spaces that won't allow us to live a lie. And if we're honest, and I'm asking you to be, if I'm honest, like I'm asking you to be, I'm desperate for those spaces. I don't just need it, I crave it. After a week of checking out at the store without talking to anybody, like a real human, after a week of scrolling through the reels without actually meeting somebody new, after a week of driving here or there, but only interacting through text messages. This week I spoke to Siri more than I spoke to most of you. After a week of listening to my music, watching my shows, eating my food, and working with my things the way I want to, I'm desperate for spaces where I can't not be real, where the challenge I have to overcome is being seen. But I can't, I want to, I, I want to remind you, our host is gracious. God is gracious. I, I just need somebody to tell me I'm wrong. I need somebody to tell me no. I need a stranger and a familiar friend. I need the saint and the sinner. sinner. My eyes were going blurry there. I can have it. Honestly, if you think about it, I can have it however I want it. I could pick a church that's perfectly curated to remind me of what I like and love. And 
plays the same kind of music I listen to. But that's not what I need. So rather than leaving, I'm leaning in. And I'm inviting you guys to lean in to cruciform spaces, to places where we have to give up of our wants. Brett McCracken says, uh, committing to a church, even if it's not perfectly fit to you, is freeing. A church community frees you from the crushing weight of self-obsession. It frees you to be part of something bigger than yourself, with people who are not like you. It frees you from the bias-confirming bubbles of only being exposed to like-minded people who only affirm but never challenge. It frees you from the burden of being accountable only to yourself, what you believe, how you like to worship, how you interpret the Bible, and how you want to live. Frees you from that. We have the church to come to to see ourselves. To be confronted by the other so that we might know ourselves. Left to ourselves, we find ourselves in all sorts of illusions. It's interesting to me that we live in an age that's hyper-concerned with their calling and their purpose, and as if we've lost touch with what we were created for. And the truth is we have lost touch with our very nature our calling, all those things we've been talking about because we've been entertaining a lie. Paul picks this up, this relationship between living honestly and our need for community. In Romans chapter 12, verse 3, it says this, for by grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. You are not you without everyone else here. We actually do need each other. The church is not Gavin or fill in the blank. The church is us together. 
and each member is different according to their gift, according to their function. They're not all the same. And yet we want to live in communities that are all the same. That's not good for us. That kind of system or organization is designed to die. But an organization that is rooted in a diversity and unity begins to reflect the vastness and truth of who God is. I can't reflect God on my own. And how dare I if I thought I could? It's us. Yes, I am in the image of God. But I need you for that. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honoring one another above yourself. That is our appropriate place together. Humbly before a gracious king. In the arms, eyes, ears, and hands of a community that is willing and able to receive us. I want you to know that the body can receive you. You are loved, accepted. We will mirror God's grace and truth to you because we need you, not just part of you, the whole person. Historically, the church has dealt with this in a lot of ways, whether sacrificial systems, the sacraments, right? Uh, justification by faith. And while we hold space for each of these things, it's our confession that repentance and confession are necessary for us to be fully human and to experience the kingdom of God in which we walk with Jesus together in. And so I want to invite you guys, there's stations on each side of the room with cups, with bread and juice, but I want to encourage you to enter into communion together, to find a person you came with or somebody you know and to partake in the elements and to, to, to confess, to, to share, hey, I, I'm human too. There are parts of my life that God needs to transform. 
to surrender the, the world of self for the world of being together with God and each other. So as you're ready, join others. Give grace to each other. Model Christ's love to one another. Let's do that together now. If you desire prayer, we'll receive you in prayer.